0: I have a fantastic interview for y'all to listen to today. Naomi's going to join me as she talks about being a submissive wife and how it has changed her marriage and her life entirely and how she works at it every single day. Naomi's been married for 10 years. She has three kids and she lives in Texas. She strives each day to renew her mind in obedience to Christ listening today to all the gems that she shares and the personal testimony to a practical application, I'm certain that you're going to find something that's going to encourage you. Welcome to Love, Honor, Obey, a podcast for wives to get rid of your BS. Hey, Naomi. Thanks so much for joining me today. It's such a pleasure to finally meet you. I've seen you for so long on Instagram, and I just love what you have to share with other wives and about submission. So thanks for taking the time with me today to talk about your testimony.
1: Oh, I'm just so, I'm so thankful that I get to be here. And the reason why I wanted to share my testimony today And it's the reason why oftentimes I always try to draw from personal experience when it comes to encouraging, correcting, testifying what the Lord has done is because that's the only thing I know. All I know is what Jesus has done for me. And I think it's really interesting that like, if you read in the book of John, when the Pharisees are questioning Jesus, Mm -hmm. he says, well, you know, I am, you know, you don't know who I am but the father testifies who I am and I testify who I am. So even Jesus spoke of testimony and how it can impact others. And so I always, I I know for some people, there's this wall that can pop up when it comes to others sharing their experiences. You know, that's one of the, the downfalls in the church currently is that people don't want to be corrected. People don't want to be encouraged because it's more comfortable so to stay where we are. And we yeah. don't want others to compare their lives to ours. You know, we want to be where we are. And I've experienced that myself, you know? And so, but we have to remember what Jesus did. We have to remember what the disciples did. We have to remember what we've been commanded to do. And we've commanded, been commanded to continue growing, right? Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to my testimony of submission um, to the Lord and to my husband, I have to remember my testimony from where it first began. And I think it's important for us to take a step back and look at what the Lord has done because sometimes we can get stuck where we are, you know, and, uh, I was writing down a few things thinking of what I wanted to talk about today. And I was like, why am testimony? Why do I want to share my testimony? And it's like, when I remember where I came from, yeah. I remember two things. I remember the love for my husband and the love for the Lord and how I need my husband and I need Jesus, Jesus, especially. And so as I begin my testimony, you're going to see kind of these parallels between submission and obedience to Christ and in submission and obedience to my husband and how they've kind of come together. So I'll just go ahead and get into it. You know, whenever i first truly became a believer. I grew up in the church and at eight years old, I got wet, but I was not saved. And whenever I was a teenager, I had this just deep longing to want to be loved. Mm -hmm. And it partially stemmed from, you know, a tumultuous relationship with my parents at home, but really it wouldn't have mattered because all of us need Jesus and all of us have that longing in our heart. And that's where I was. I just wanted someone to love me. Mm -hmm. And so what often happens with young women when they're not given that love at home and they don't know Jesus is they seek it out in young men who are immature in the faith or immature in general. Right. Right. And so here I was, you know, on the other side be like, you know, enough's enough. I'm, I'm not finding what I'm looking for. I need Jesus. And so I, was saved for certain whenever I was 17 years old and I was baptized again. And my little bitty country cowboy church here in Texas. A lot of people giggle when I say I was baptized in a horse trough, but it's really true. It doesn't matter where the water is, as long as you're doing it in faith, you know, but, um, whenever I became saved, I knew immediately that it was time to serve, you know, and being a young person, it can be a little tricky knowing how to serve in the church because there's a lot of room for growth but there's still a place for you if you're a young woman and you're a new believer new believer man or woman, and you're a new believer there is a place for you in the church and the lord calls us to serve in in whatever capacity that means so i began working at a church camp for like youth and young people and that's where i met my husband and, you know, the big rule for working at camps is, you know, no PA and no relationships, none of that nonsense, because we don't want to encourage behavior that is already easy to fall into for young people, you know? And so that was my, that was my, you know, that's what I was going to do. I was going to go to church camp. I was going to tell children about Jesus. And that's what I was there for. <laughs> and uh, that's where I met my husband. And it's so funny because I was so... Uh, it's, it's a little bit embarrassing, me and my husband joke about it when we reminisce, but he's very stoic, he's very emotionally stable. He's very, he has a great love for the Lord and he he's, has so much passion for music. He's very talented he plays the guitar, he leads worship at our church, but he was so stoic. And even though he had feelings for me, he didn't even, you know, he didn't show them. Whereas me, I was just throwing myself at him, you know, and, and it's that way in my faith also that I just have to throw myself at Jesus because otherwise, you know, I'd be throwing myself at something else But um, I remember when we met, I was a new believer. And just like me, he had grown up in the church, but he was a believer a bit longer than I was. And so not only was he more emotionally stable, he was more spiritually stable. And because my home was a, a tough place to be, there was a lot of mental illness. There was a lot of darkness. There was a lot of the best way I can describe it is, you know, when believers and we talk about um, in the parables, how you know, the seed is planted and thorns come up to choke out the seed. That's the gospel. That's what it was like at, at my house. It was very thorny, you know, it was a very thorny place to be, especially for a new believer. And I, because I was surrounded by all that mental illness, I was falling into that same trap the devil had laid for me. And so I would lay in my bed and I would just weep and I would wish I would die, you know, just horrible things that you, you never wish a believer to, to, to put on themselves because, you know, we have this new beautiful life in Jesus and it's almost like the Lord knew exactly what I needed. Right. Because there was my, my boyfriend at the time calling me and telling me, don't you know that the one who, you know, knows all the stars and calls them by name wants to bind up your wounds, you know, and, and heal you. And, and he knows every hair on your head, you know, and he would, say these scriptures to me. And, you know, while I was in my despair in this spiritual death that I was living in every day and he brought me out of it. And, you know, sometimes we get a little mad at our husbands when they're so stoic and we're, they're so firm in what they say and what they believe. But I think as women, sometimes we forget how much we need that because it was there in that moment where my then boyfriend was like, enough's enough. Don't you see how beautiful your life is? Don't you see what God has done for you? And so it has been for the last 10 years. I'll be married 10 years in April. I can't believe it. Congratulations. Uh, yes, it's, it's such a blessing because my life began, my true life began in Christ around the time that I met my husband. And so I've only been able to see the good things that have come from that, which makes it all the more sad that I would come to a place in my faith where I would question my husband and I would question his authority and I would question his, you know, motives and his spiritual growth. But that's what the enemy does to us, right? There's a reason why in the scripture it says, do not judge lest you be judged. Take out the plank in your own eye before you can address the speck in another's. It's not that we're not meant to encourage and help one another. It's that sometimes we don't even realize that there's a log in our own eye. And so it was with me and my husband and coming to this place of truly submitting to him, truly understanding what that word means and what that looks like in our relationship. As I was thinking about it, writing things down, thinking about how I was going to say this, you know, it's very easy for us as women to say, the husband has such, you know, important job and we hold him to such a high standard you know he's the spiritual leader of the home he's the spiritual leader of the church and so there we hold him in that esteem and so if he falters just a little for good reason we hold him to that standard as we should in the church and in the family but we don't have that same standard for ourselves when it becomes comes to obedience In, in the scripture. And unfortunately, we have this plague in the church of women not being taught true obedience in the marriage relationship. Oh, we're told how men should love women as Christ loved the church. And we were told, you know, how he's supposed to love her more than his own body. But we just kind of say, oh, well, submission is one of those things that was just a cultural thing, and this and that and so forth. Isn't that so funny that we have you know, there's lots of women who talk about the wave of fem- feminism and empowering women and how it has, has taken us away from our service to our husbands. And I don't know a whole lot about that, but I do know what happened to me. Mm-hmm. And what happened to me was simply this, that I thought I was submitting. <laughs> I <laughs> thought that I was doing what I was supposed to. And, you know, it's, it's sad because I lived all those years and it was easy for me to trust my husband with financial matters. Cause I wasn't grown up in a very financially stable home, emotional matters, no problem. Cause I didn't come from an emotionally stable home, but it, when it comes, when it came to spiritual matters, you would think that I would see him as more spiritually mature because in my spiritual death that I was living in, you know, he helped me come out of it. He prayed mm-hmm. for me. He gave me encouragement. But unfortunately, this weird thing happened where we flip-flopped and he saw me as more spiritually mature and I saw myself as more spiritually mature. And it's kind of that old adage, you know, Proverbs talks about it a lot where just because someone says a lot of things, that doesn't mean that they're wise. (laughs) You know what I mean? And unfortunately, that's how it was for me. You know, I almost became like a Pharisee in that it was very like I do everything right and. And I deserve, you know, all the good things. And, and I'm so thankful that the Lord you know, loves us and he corrects those that he loves, right? He doesn't just leave us there. And so that's where correction in the church and correction in our marriage can be a good thing, especially with husbands and wives, because us as wives are just so ready to just say, you're not keeping your priorities straight. You're not, you know, taking care of the family. You're not loving us the way, you know, we're so quick to do that. Yeah. But when it comes to us we're we're so we don't want to be corrected, you know. And so it came around this time I want to say it was this time two or three years ago I was I was pregnant with my third child. And I had just gone through a really rough spiritual storm that had to do with wanting to conceive, conceive and conceiving my third child, which is a whole story itself. And here I am pregnant with my third and I I had just decided you know i'm fixing to have a little girl what am i supposed to pray for her what am i supposed to teach her because here i am reading because you know whenever i had my boys i went into the scripture i dug into the scripture and was like hey this is what god says men are supposed to be i'm gonna pray that for my myself i'm gonna pray that over my belly i'm gonna pray that for him throughout my pregnancy but then i got pregnant with a girl and i was like oh what do i do you know, because I'm reading these scriptures about how a woman's supposed to have a soft and quiet and gentle spirit. And I'm like, I'm not soft and quiet and gentle at all. And so it was like, you know, something it's got to give either. I choose this day that I'm not going to teach her those things, which would have been a travesty. It would have been a great, great travesty or something's got to change in me. And it's so funny because in this time of our marriage my husband was very gentle with me he it, there was no strong correction or anything like that it's like sometimes i think we think correction has to be this big like shake your fist and holler okay. and yell it doesn't have to look like that but he was so quiet and gentle with me and he would just mention to me you know there's a double standard you know you're saying these things but then you do these things naomi and i love you but you know that just doesn't make sense and mm-hmm. so here i am praying every day for my daughter and here i am finding myself praying for myself, Lord, I want so badly for my daughter to love you and to, and to be a godly woman. So I'm going to pray for these things myself. And around that time, we had decided that we really wanted to purchase land because we wanted to have room for our kiddos to, we call it free ranging our kids, you know, letting them just (laughs) run, run amok and get dirty and, you know, have a good time. That's how my husband was raised. I was raised in the big city. I did not get free ranged enough, but, um, we were looking at to, you know, to buy a house and we were looking at houses with land and there was just nothing in our budget where we could purchase a house with land on it. And so my husband was like, you know what? I think we should just purchase a parcel of land and have that be like a place where we can go and I can hunt and fish and I can bring the kids and we can just be outside and we don't have to live on it because we love our home that we're living in. And I grew up in a home where because of poor financial decisions, we ended up having our home, uh, we had to, we were kicked out and our home was taken away from us. And that was very, you know, hard time. You know, as a young person, you don't understand completely what's going on. And all you know is that your home is being taken away from you. And I was absolutely terrified because of my own experience, my own, uh, I hate to use the word trauma because it's kind of one of those words that everybody uses, just throws around, but it was a hard experience. And so I was holding on to that traumatic experience and projecting it on my husband with the expectation that, oh, he's going to fail. We're going to fail. So I don't want to do that because we're obviously going to fail because that's what happened last time. And he, and he was very firm with me and he was like, no, you know, I'm, you know, you stay at home and and you take care of the kids because that's what you want to do and i work and i feel like financially this is the decision that we should make and you know i was like you know what here i am praying about submission praying for my daughter praying about all these things maybe i should practice what i'm (laughs) praying every day (laughs) and and it's comical yeah it's comical to look at because you know we're we read about the Israelites in the old Testament and we're like, why would they do, why would they grumble and complain? God just yeah. took them out of the promised land and got all this gold. He part of the red sea, you know, you wouldn't think they would have any reason to grumble. Oh, we're going to starve and we're going to be so thirsty, you know, but we're the same way. And it is comical because we're exactly like the Israelites and we grumble. And I was just grumbling at him. And, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pray that, you know, I'm just going to, keep quiet and I'm going to tell him okay if that's what you want to do we'll pray about it and we'll search for land to buy and that's what happened and next Mm -hmm. thing you know we at our church that we go to one of the members came up to us and was like listen we're trying to sell this parcel of land in another part of east Texas we live in northeast Texas it's further east from us and we can't sell it and so we want to sell it to you because we love your kids and here's the price for it and it was like you know how prices have been with houses and that sort of thing it was like crazy cheap, like a total steal. Like it felt like we were stealing it from them, you know, but they were insistent. They were like, no, we really care about your family. We really love you. And we want those boys to have a place to run around and have fun and play. And the Lord just provided, you know what I mean? And that was the first step. That was the first step of coming to an understanding that I'm not really submitting. I say, okay, Jonathan, do whatever you want. Puff, 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 puff. Just throw a little hissy fit, but I'm not actually submitting in my heart. And so it was with the Lord. Um, I just come in through, came through that, you know, hard spiritual time where I was not submitting to God's will. And I just wanted it my way. And even though I was waiting on the Lord, I wasn't really submitting to what, I, you know he wanted to do, and so it was with Jonathan. And so I came to this understanding of like, you know, I can't be at peace. I can't have joy and contentment no matter the circumstances if I turn into a toddler and only want my way, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, that was that was like the beginning. And and to just put it in perspective, like I said, that was like two or three years ago, and here we are. In, you know, we're in March of 2023. And just three months ago, my husband sits up in the bed one morning and he says, God says it's time to move. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) Abraham, you know, let's go. (laughs) Just thinking in my mind, okay, we're going to move. Yeah, we've been saying we're going to move for four years now. And then we bought land, you know, now, you know, in my head, I'm thinking these things that once again, it's like, okay, here's another opportunity to trust my husband as a spiritual leader and, you know, to submit to him. And just because, you know, that's the right thing to do doesn't mean that it's easy. So if we have women who are listening, who are like, it's hard to submit to my husband, he makes mistakes. Sometimes he's angry. Sometimes, you know, I want to encourage, I'm going to draw more into this later, just because something's hard does not mean that it's bad. The Lord calls us to do hard things. This this saying that people talk about, about how the Lord won't give you anything you can't handle is total chicken fried baloney. Okay. (laughs) That's nowhere in scripture. The Bible just says that he will make a way for us to resist temptation. So he's going to equip us to go through those things, but it's going to be hard. And sometimes we may not be able to handle it, but he's with us and he can handle it. So here I am like, okay, I'm, I'm a nervous wreck. I just, I, I don't think that you know, I don't understand why he just decides one day to wake up and say, we're going to buy a house. And every day we would go look at a house and we would butt heads and I would just be disparaging, you know, we're never going to find it. You know, every time you make a little morning, more money, the prices go up, Jonathan, we're never going to find what we're going through. And finally he looked at me. And like I said, sometimes correction doesn't have to look like, you know, you know, angry and swinging Mm -hmm. your hands around. He looks at me and he goes, do you think that your behavior is acceptable? And I was like, "Um, uh, what do you mean? And he was like, do you think that this disparaging that you're doing, oh, we're never going to do it. Do you think that that's a good thing? And I was like, well, no, no, I don't think it is. And he was like, well, I would really appreciate it if you would pray about that. And you would not do that when we go to look at houses because here I am trying to have a positive outlook because I truly believe God wants us to move. And you're being very negative. And it was, he didn't have to even, you know, raise his voice, but it felt like a slap in the face, you know, it just felt like, you know, and so I, I, I kind of had a moment and I, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go, I'm just going to go by myself. I'm going to go pray for a minute. And I got on my knees and I was praying and I was like, Lord, please forgive me because here I am talking about submission And I get one uncomfortable situation where I'm scared about money and I'm scared about buying a house because of things that have happened in my past. And I'm forgetting all that you've already done, you know, and all my husband has done for me as well. I think, I think we forget our God's character, his attributes and his traits, and we forget our husband's attributes and traits. And a lot of people talk about how, you know, your husband changed, changes throughout your marriage, but. Also, we have to remember that first love that he had for us and the first characters, mm-hmm. characteristics and attributes that drew us to them because yes. those are still there. And so the spiritual leadership that he gave me, even though we weren't married, the guidance that he gave me, the encouragement he gave me, the correction he gave me, it was good then and it's good now. You know, And so it is with the Lord. The Lord desires to correct us because he loves us. And so... I finally put down the boxing gloves, you know, the spiritual boxing gloves. And I was like, you know what, Jonathan, you're right. We're just going to keep looking. And here we are. It's March and closing date on our house. And the new house is the 22nd and the 23rd. (laughs) And it was just all, it has all worked out just perfectly like little, like little dominoes stacked up and you just knock them down and they all fall down perfectly, you know, and that's, I could have continued to war against the Lord. It it brings to mind how, you know, Jacob wrestled with God and God just touched him on the hip and just threw him all out of whack. You know, sometimes we need the Lord to just boop, you know, just touch us on the hip and throw us out of balance to get us out of that prideful. We think we know everything mindset. And, and so it was with this. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of times throughout my marriage, like I said, we had this shift where it would go from, I was trying to rely on Jonathan for spiritual leadership and he was trying to rely on me. And we, I came to this place where it was like, you know, Jonathan's just so spiritually immature and he just acts like he doesn't really want to lead. And it was that mindset that I think was such a detriment to his spiritual leadership. I think sometimes we forget That yes, our husband's called to lead, but if we don't let him lead, then how is he going to? That's right. And so as an encouragement to wives who it's difficult to submit and it's difficult to obey and it's difficult to, you know, have a quiet and gentle spirit. We have to remember that the Lord commands us to do things because they work right. right. And when it's in, 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 is it first or second Peter, where it talks about wives submitting to their husbands, that even if your husband has not even heard the word of God, mm-hmm. he may be won by the behavior of his wife. That's and right think we so. forget that our ministry of this quiet and gentle spirit can do far more for us in our marriage and in our husband's relationship with Christ and our relationship with Christ than we can conceive and we can think. Because just five or six years ago, my husband would have said, all I want to do is play music. All I want to do is lead worship. I don't want to do anything else. But after this change where I've allowed him, I say allow, where I've stepped back from trying to do his job and let him do his job. And he has taken that role and done a a wonderful job at it as of course he would. Um, We've, I've seen growth in him and, you know, we, we don't want to change our husbands. We don't want to make them into an image that we see in our head, but we also want to allow the Lord to change him and grow him, right? Mm -hmm. If we are supposed to change and grow, our husbands should change and grow. That's sanctification, right? Repenting of our sins, learning from our mistakes, not staying in our flesh, you know, turning away from these juvenile behaviors, moving on to sanctification. And in this process, I've seen my husband go from, I, you know, I don't want to work in ministry anymore. I only want to play music. I only want to lead worship too. Now my husband is the deacon of our church and I never would have been able to conceive that. I would have told you several years ago, my husband would never take on a spiritual responsibility such as that. He has no desire to do that. But I think our husbands would surprise us if we would just let them, if we wouldn't just, if we wouldn't be so controlling, you know, sometimes we treat our husbands like they're children and they're not. Our husbands are not children and we are not their mothers. And some of the best, you know, advice that I've ever been given by a mentor is there's only one Holy Spirit. Your husband doesn't need another one, Naomi. And it's so very true that we can see growth in our marriage. We can see growth in our own spiritual, really, you know, our own spiritual growth, our relationship with the Lord, if we do these simple things, these simple, hard things that the Lord has commanded us to do, you know, if you love Jesus, he said, you will keep my commandments. And so here we have the word. He tries not to make it too complicated for us, but sometimes he tells us things that are simple and we make it complicated, right? When he was talking to the Pharisees about, about, you know, I am the bread and I'm the life. And if you eat of my flesh and you drink of my blood, you'll have eternal life. And they couldn't comprehend it. There was lots of disciples who turned away from Jesus during that time, because this simple thing that Jesus was trying to tell them, they didn't want, they didn't want to have anything to do with it, you know? And here we are in this day and age, it's the same thing. And it has, as it's been for hundreds of years, God has told us submit to your husband, Mm -hmm. respect your husband, And that's as simple as it needs to be. And sometimes we want to overcomplicate it. And, you know, there's sinfulness in the world and there's sinfulness in our husbands. And, you know, so we have to remember that there's also sinfulness in us too. If we're going to, if we're going to hold our husbands to this high standard, we have to hold ourselves to a high Mm -hmm. standard as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm trying to think of how I might, you know, wrap this up in the best way that I can you know, a lot of times we want to say, but my husband's done this and my husband's done that. Mm -hmm. And we think of it in a negative point of view, but the one thing that I can testify to today is that we have to remember that first love that we have for our husband and that first love that we have for Christ. Because if you put those two together, if you put your love and desire to obey Christ, because he's everything to you. And Mm -hmm. if you love your husband then you're going to come to a place where you read the word and you say something's got to give. It can't be this way anymore. And if I want my husband to love me, like Christ loves the church, I've got to do my part too. And I've just seen that come to fruition in my own life. And it's just the beginning. I have much to learn. And I, I encourage women out there. Don't give up. If you've only been striving, praying for your husband for a short time, remember this testimony that you know my own I have members in my family who prayed for their their husbands for 20 years for their salvation you know they got married unequally yoked which you know that's why the Lord calls us not to do that but even then even with this you know unequally yoked marriage, 20 years of a wife submitting and praying and desiring more than anything that her husband might save, saved the lord answered her prayer Mm. and so if he can do that for others if he can do that in my marriage if he can bring up a husband to lead my marriage he can more than definitely do that for you if he can raise people from the dead then he can raise your marriage from the dead he is is capable of such wonderful beautiful things and you just have to be willing and faithful to let him do that so uh, I'm not sure what else I can say except for that God is so good mm-hmm. and I love him so much and I desire more than anything to obey him and to learn how I can stop being the old Naomi and continue on to being this new person that he is given birth to that he's created and I can't wait till one day we get to heaven and we'll be able to just <laughs> just worship his name and all the <laughs> wonderful things that he's done. Because if he's done just this little bit of good now, imagine what tomorrow will bring. No matter what it is, whether it's good or bad, we know that it's good because God is with us. And he's with you, even though you might feel alone and you might feel despair. Remember that he is with you
0: and that he will provide whatever you need. Amen. So. Oh, Naomi, thank you so much for sharing that testimony with me today. I love too, what you were saying about the sanctification part, because mm. there truly is a sanctification in submission. Mm. We're always trying to improve ourselves to be more like Christ in every single day. Um, so mm. I love that part that you had added into there. That was beautiful. Mm. Mm. So.
1: Well, and I mean, I don't ever want to be the person that I was yesterday because that person was dreadfully sinful and really needed Christ. And if I'm going to show others how much they need Christ, I have to remember that, that I needed Christ first. And, you know, I'm I'm not much better than the dirt because of how much I need Christ, you know, but with him, I'm his child, you know, I'm God's mm-hmm. child. And I get to spend eternity with him. And that is a beautiful thing. And I can't forget that. I can't mm-hmm. forget what Jesus has done for me.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, well, thank you so much for taking this time with me today. I know these are inspiring words for other women out there, whether they're engaged or married for a long time, Mm -hmm. troubled married Mm -hmm. marriages, or, you know, really good marriages, we can all learn from each other. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much for spending this time with me today. I really appreciate you.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Carrie. And thank you for this, this work that you're doing. May God bless you.
0: Oh, thank you. Thank you. this whole segment in a prayer based off of everything that naomi shared with us today lord jesus i pray for the sister that's listening to this today that she feels how easy it can be to be submissive That the word is not dirty or hateful or makes you turn into a robot no lord it's submitting to you first and understanding that when we love you so greatly that our love for our husband follows along easily that when we look at you all the time for the answers when we look at you for praise when we look at you for love that the things around us that the world wants to make us crazy with that they easily fall to the sideline Thank you, Jesus, for the way that you interact in our life every day, the way that you intercede for us in prayer. We love you, Lord, and I pray in Jesus' name today for the sister that heard this, and I pray for an overwhelming encouragement to fall on her. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to Love, Honor, Obey podcast. I'm Carrie, and I'm so grateful for your time. Please tell a friend about us, whether she's single, married, or engaged. That woman who wants the best in her marriage. Be sure to subscribe and follow along. God bless.